talk to Miss Janice about VBS? No. No. I'm not. That's why we're not Okay. Miss Stacy needs to talk to you. <laughs> I'm gonna go say it ain't on that phone. <laughs>
that he says in verse 29, for the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. What does that mean? What do you think that means? What do you, what do you think that means to you? The calling of God is without repentance. And the gifts are without repentance. What do you think that means to you? Somebody tell them what you think. Amen. God doesn't change his mind. No, he doesn't change his mind. And also, uh, what he says is you don't have any re repercussion about it. And you do what he says, and you don't have any afterthoughts or, or, or should, I shouldn't have done that sort of thought, you know, <coughs> like that. No repentance. You don't need to repent on anything God wants you to do simply because it's going to be the right thing to do. Yeah. It's not going to be the wrong thing to do. Our own judgment, we, we choose many times the wrong thing to do. But he he's always right. He is always and right. We, all, and we can't go wrong with him. And you're not going to have repentance. We make a choice on our own, we'll have, end up repenting because we, <laughs> we messed up. You know, but he, he's not going to mess up. He's not. Yeah, he's, no, not. He's, 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 he's perfect. Amen. Yeah, he, he is perfect. He doesn't make a mistake. He doesn't make a mistake. He can equip the call. And that's the thing about it is that you say, well, I'm not equipped or I can't or I, I don't have the right whatever it is. God can take you where you are and fix you for what he's called you to do. Yes. If you have inadequacies, and all of us do, God can help fill those spots in our life to make them what he needs us to be. The calling of God is without repentance. I know preachers today, I know I know people today who God has called to preach, who God has called to be on the mission field, who God has called them to be missionaries, and they're sitting at the house not doing what God has called them to do. Look, the calling of God is still on their life, whether they want to admit it or not. Whether, they're, whether they want to say God has, if they truly were called of God, that calling has not come back. Right. God did not take away his calling yes. off of your life. And I understand that God changes people and he moves people to different places. But ultimately, if you're called to do something, that calling's not going anywhere. Because that calling is a deep down burden inside your heart that's not going to shut up. That's not going to back down. That's always going to be there saying, hey, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. Constantly. Amen. That, the call of God, is without repentance. Yes. Without repentance. Anything, anybody else? Any other thought? You know, Bridget, whenever God calls you to do something, he knows what he needs you for. Yes. And if you don't do it, you'll get somebody else to do it. Called you to do it. That's right. You'll miss out on blessings and blessings and blessings that somebody else is going to do the blessings. That's right. He's going to get somebody to do it. That's right. He called you to do it. That's right. Like God's not going to take it back when he when he called no. you to, to do something. He's not going. That's right. He's not going to back down on it. Right. Not say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I, I did that." You know. God. That's right. God, God doesn't do that. No. And He always.
people, this is important as I was. I mean, Amen. Because it's like you said, there was support. And everybody needs support. Amen. You can't do it on your own. No. No. You can't. You can't. It's doing. It's doing. And I think that's a that's an awesome place for, for the bride to be. Amen. Call it. And he, and he shouldn't run from it either.
to be the children of Israel's leader. That's a long time of prepping work. Yes, sir. You ladies know, and men, you if you cook before, you know how much work it takes to sit down and eat. Look, one of the most frustrating things in the world, and I, maybe you maybe you know, I might not feel this way. One of the most frustrating things in the world, you'll spend hours, hours in the kitchen preparing for a 10-minute meal. Yeah. What? Everybody says, all gone, we're done eating. And what? You just you just spent hours. Then I know that you take pride in what you do, and you take pride in prepping all of that. But just like you take pride and effort in preparing the food for someone to eat, God has to prepare you and get you ready to be what he wants you to be. And so sometimes you might go through some heat. Sometimes you may go through some cutting. Sometimes you may go through difficult times. And you don't understand what he's doing. But all he's trying to do is to prepare you for the call of God on your life. Yes, I don't know what it's going to be. But the call of God will come. And he's trying to prepare you to get to that place where yes. he can call you. Amen. Joshua had to serve 38 years. 38 years. To be in a position God said... All right, you're prepared. You're ready. You're ready. How long does it take for us to be prepared to get to the place where God calls us to be? And do you reject the preparation? Huh? You reject the preparation that God puts in your life? I, I, I ain't doing that. What does it take to cook vegetables? Just throw it in a big pot? Or you have to cut them up and dice them up and get them ready? Or just open a can and dump them in there, right? <laughs> but it takes, for it to get in that can, it took trimming in. I mean, think about what it takes to get corn in a can. Someone has to cut it off the stalk. And someone has to trim it off the cob. And then it, whatever process it goes through, we probably don't want to know, but whatever process it goes through to get us in the little can, right? It took prepping to get to that stage. A lot of times we want the finished product without the preparation right. that goes with it. Right. Sometimes, some, honestly, sometimes in churches, a lot of people get put in positions that aren't ready for those positions because you have lack of work, lack of workers. <laughs> Not that there's never lack of work, but there <laughs> might be lack of workers. And so sometimes people get put in positions just because you need a, a hole filled rather than them being actually prepared to do that job. Right. The Bible talks about that in 1 Timothy chapter uh, three talks about not putting a novice in, a, in that position. So God did not put a novice in the position of Moses' spot. God put someone he had prepared to be in there. Deuteronomy 34 and verse number 9. The Bible says in Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him, and did as the Lord commanded. So God prepared him for the call. God is not going to call us to something he hasn't prepared us to do. Um, 
Numbers chapter 27. If you want to turn over there, we're going to read a lot of scripture from over there. Numbers chapter 27. Number one, we see the preparation that takes place in, in his call. Uh, God prepared him for that. But number two, we see the supplication that takes place in the call. Uh, Numbers 27, Numbers 27 and verse number 15. 27, verse number 15, the Bible says, And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, So here Moses is going be to God, before God, if you will, and he's asking God to provide a successor. Numbers 27, asking God for a successor, asking God for somebody to take and pick up the mantle and go the next way. So in verse number 16, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. What did Moses just ask God to do? Give us a man. Now, he did not pray, give us Joshua. He didn't say, God, give us Caleb. He said, give us a man. And then who chose the man? Joshua, did, did Moses choose the man? No, he did not. God chose the man because of Moses' supplication, praying, asking God for him to fulfill that, that spot. Verse 17, he goes on and talks about the man, which may go out before them, which may go in before them, and which, which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. Lord, give them a shepherd. Give them somebody to lead them. Lead them into that promised land. Lead them into the place I can't go. Lead them into the place that I'll never be able to take them in. Lord, please lead them to the right place. Don't, if you don't give time to prayer, you will not, you will have trouble discovering the will of God. And so he goes to God and asking God, hey, help us. We need help. We need a leader. We need, so we need someone to lead the congregation. And he prayed and God gave him the will. The lack of prayer is a lack of interest. Learning the will of God is praying. Praying that God would show you the will of God. And we know that there are distinctives, will of God's in our own life. There's things that we ought to do and should do because it is the will of God. But sometimes knowing what, where to do it, God has to reveal to us. You don't fall into the will of God on accident. Right. It doesn't happen on accident. Yes, sir. Amen. You know, that's... I remember reading a book when Stacy and I were, I don't even know if we were dating yet at the time, but this called, uh, I don't even remember the name of the book, but it talks about falling in love. Don't fall in love, because falling is something you do on an accident. Yeah. Walk in love. Yeah. You don't fall into the will of God on accident. It's something that you have to choose to walk with God and pray with God that he would reveal to you his will for my life. Yes, sir. I remember making that decision to move to Southeast Texas. 
prayed and prayed and asked God. And making that decision was a big decision for our family. You know, I can't imagine trying to make that kind of decision and not praying about it. Not spending time asking God what to do. Yes, sir. Not spending time and asking God where to go. To pick up my family and move it from uh, South Arkansas to Southeast Texas. I better know, I better know, I better know that this is where God wants me. Right? Yes, sir. And I know on the church's end, you, you were like, man, this guy better be who we want him to be. Right? And you guys sought the will of God. I was seeking the will of God. But all of that was done not just, ah, okay, well, let's pick that guy. Right? Well, let's pick this church. God prepares you, and how does he, how do you pick? God reveals to you his will. Yes. He reveals it to us. Prayer is one of the ways. Prayer reveals the right choice. How many bad choices, how many bad choices have we made, or how many bad choices could have been prevented if we would have just prayed about it? Moses prayed. And God said, I've got your successor right here. I've got him. He's ready to go. Moses is man. And like I said, Moses may have even been present when he was praying there. I don't know. Moses may have been praying with Moses. I mean, Moses may have been praying with Moses. <laughs> Joshua, or Joshua may have been praying with Moses. Yeah. Asking God what to do. Who? Who's, our, who's going to be our next leader? Who's it going to be, God? Reveal to us who's it going to be. And God did. Number three, he gave them a revelation. He revealed to them. He revealed to them who, who's going to be the next leader. Number one, preparation. Number two, supplication. Number three, the revelation. In Numbers chapter, same chapter, chapter 28, 27, I'm sorry, and verse number 18. Okay, so Moses prays, verse number 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee you, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and, and lay thine hand upon him. God revealed through his word what the will of God was for his life. I heard a preacher say this. Get in the book and get the book in you. Get that book, and you read God's Word, and it will reveal to you His will for your life. Yes, Get in that book. Why, why is that true? And I believe, why is that true? And it's John 1, 1 tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is that Word? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. If you put yourself in this word, this word, it will reveal to us what to do. Yes. How to raise children, right? Right. It's a book of life, everything. It touches on everything. How to be a husband. That's right. How to be a wife. That's right. 
How to be a child. How to be a servant. How to be a worker. That's right. How to be a pastor. That's right. How to be a church member. That's right. How to be a Christian. That's right. Can be found right here in this book. That's right. It reveals to us. Sometimes we get caught up in the, we want the big reveal. Come down. Look, he's, he, he's not going to come down like a light shining down from heaven and telling me to get, get off my horse and quit kicking against the prayer. I mean, he's not going to do that like he did that for Paul. That's not how he called me. He didn't reveal to me that way. That's not how he called me. That's not how he called Joshua either. He said, go get, jo go get Joshua and make him the next leader. So he said, basically, basically. Personal testimony. I was 13. I remember sitting in a church service on a Wednesday night. Preacher got up, Pastor Niles Lloyd at the time, at Trinity Baptist Church in Vassar, Kansas. I was sitting in, I don't know, I don't even remember where I was sitting in. The preacher got up and preached, and God had been working on my heart about being called to preach. And I got up out of my seat, and I said, that's enough. And I said, I surrender to preach. I was 13 years old. God called me to preach. And it was a month or two later, guess where I was preaching? In the nursing home. And I was shaking the dead. I remember one of the, and then it wasn't long after that, I preached at a Bible club. My, my friend at the time, he had a Bible club every every morning before school. And, and we'd go to school, and he, he had me preach at the Bible club one morning. And, and I just remember like, the first time I ever preached. And it wasn't long after that, I, I, I began preaching more and more. But God began to burden my heart when I was just 13 years old. Whether you're... Whether you're 13 or whatever, but God has a specific call for your life. What is it that burn that is burdening you in your heart? And you can't get away from it. It's the call of God. He will reveal it to you. He will reveal it to you. Now clear as day. I was I, like I said, I was. 12, 13, somewhere around there. Right there. I haven't been saved too long. God called me to preach. But he will reveal his will to you if you'll let him. For him to reveal it, guess what you've got to do? Don't do it. You've got to listen. Listen right. and do it. Because if you ain't listening, you ain't going to hear it. Testimony God called you. You remember God called you to something specific. Anybody? All right. God told me to do what I like to do, and that's teach. Yeah. I wanted to do that when I was a kid, when I was going to college. Or wanted to teach, but it wasn't no money. I thought I was going to go for the money. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't. I was told by y'all to teach you here to do what you like doing and work the rest of your life or do what you don't really like doing and, and retire early. <laughs> I took the life. Do you listen to the call? 
now God can call you to do something. God can still call you to work, serve. Anybody else? setting of that, that service. I was, at the time, I was assistant pastor for uh, Fellowship Baptist Church, my, where my dad pastors. And, uh, and God worked in my heart that night. Uh, I can't even remember the sermon. I don't remember what he preached on. I really don't. But I know that God said, Trent, I want you to pastor. And I'm like, I don't know about all that. And I said, I went to Stacy and I said, what do you, what do you, and she said, God was working on her heart too. And so we started praying that God would reveal to us his next step. I, after a week or two, maybe even a month of praying, I went to my dad because I was assistant pastor and I said, look, I said, I don't know when, but I know that God's calling me to pastor. And I know that he'll open up the door whenever that is. I'm not, I'm not sending out a bunch of resumes. I'm not. I'm not calling a bunch of churches. God will reveal to us when and where. And um, I had been contacted by two other churches during that time period. And I had a phone interview and it never went past that. And I remember the phone call I got. Um, and I think it was Pastor Dignan had called me and said, hey, call this guy. He said he's uh, their pastor just passed away and, and I remember calling Brother Blackie on a Wednesday night before you guys were meeting with the, I think it was for the pulpit committee or I think around that time and I remember talking to Brother Blackie for the first time and I wasn't for sure why anybody would be called Blackie and I was like what? what? and, uh, and uh, God began to work in our hearts about Southeast Texas a year before that it's amazing how God begins things. A year before that, we had just passed through Southeast Texas, had no idea that God would bring us to uh, Niederland. 
but God began to work in our hearts. And I remember coming down for the first time and preaching. And then uh, the first time I met I met Brother Blackie that Saturday, we sat and talked. And Brother Blackie, I remember like it was yesterday, uh, him pouring out his heart because he had just lost his best friend. And, uh, and I just said to myself, I said, what in the world am I going to preach that? I remember going back to the motel and just saying, I don't know what I'm going to preach this this people. They just lost their preacher. They've been there 18 years. What can I do for them? And I just remember asking God just to give me, I remember, I, I don't know how long I was on that night, just asking God just to give me the right, right things to say. I don't know. And uh, we preached that Sunday and, revealed to us and revealed that the way I prayed, I said, if God, if they say yes, then we're going. And uh, that's what I prayed. And God, you guys, Brother Blackie, I think it was Wednesday night, that next Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken. Brother Blackie called me, he said, you coming? <laughs> I don't know exactly what was said. But, uh, and uh, man, here we are. And I just thank God that he revealed to us Revealed to us this area, this church, you people. And uh, you guys sitting here tonight are all, you guys were here when we came. And you guys have been great to our family. I know that this is a personal, a little bit of a personal testimony, but God revealed to us to move here. You guys have been a blessing to our family. And I thank God for Mid County Baptist Church and every one of you that, that have been here. And everyone that has passed, look, I've, I've done way too many funerals since I've been here. I've been involved with way too many. But whether there has been too many people passing, we've lost some, we've had some move. But God has placed us here, and I want to see Jesus come in the sky when I leave this place. And uh, But God revealed to us, this is... This is the place I want you to be. Yes. I would have never picked Netherland out of the, out of the map. I, I didn't even know it existed until I got a phone call. But I thank God for his revealing power to show me where, show us where. Yes, sir. You know, preacher, it's not just God revealing to you where he needed you. It's also revealing to us who we need to be. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> 
put it off. Yes, you can. It's going to get you. That's right. That's right. Anybody else? Any other thoughts, questions? I know a couple that went to the mission field after they retired in their 60s. Yeah. knew a preacher, um, actually, he was just an assistant pastor for a long time, and um, he got, I don't know, he was like 65, 68, somewhere around there, um, he decided to start planting churches, and uh, he planted three churches in uh, about a 10-year period of his life, three churches. He got it up, got it running, got a new preacher, went down the road, started another one, got it up, got it running, got another preacher. I mean, he was like... And he's still, he's still, he's not pastoring anymore. He just handed off his last church. Um, and he's, I don't know, he's in his 70s, somewhere around 75, 76, I don't know, maybe even 78, somewhere around there. God can, God can use us, no matter how young, God put a, God put a king in at eight years old. I ain't ready to hand over the keys to the United States to Alyssa. I'm sorry, I'm just not ready. But God can place, she's supposed to be eight. How many days? Thirteen. Thirteen, I knew it. Thirteen days. And, and you know, all of those, and, but God places you, he prepares you, and then he puts you at for that place. Amen. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? Questions? All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for the call of God on my life to preach. I thank you for entrusting me. Lord, I thank you for calling us to Mid-County Baptist Church. Lord, I thank you for these sweet people. And I thank you for the bond.